Hey, hey, hey. How is everyone doing? This is your girl coming to you from the principal's office. It's been a while. It's been a while. And pardon my voice right now in advance. I am getting over um, illness and um, I'm healed. But I got a little ways to go to be 100%. I'm not going to be before you guys long. But it has been a while since my last recording. And um, things are going to be a little different today. I really just wanted to check in. Um, Happy Father's Day to any fathers that are listening today. Because today is Sunday, June 16th. Father's Day 2019. So um, shout out the dads really quickly. Um, The fathers, biological bonus dads, um, mentors, father-like figures, all of those holding it down. But um, in my absence, um, life has been happening as I'm sure it has been happening with everyone. And I'm just going to really quickly share three things that I have experienced and or learned um, in this time away from you guys, but I could not not share it. I needed to kind of, you know, get it out there. Um, so three things. One, I learned already knew or should I say, it kind of um, became um, bigger in my world that obedience is better than sacrifice. And we'll talk a little more about that. Also, I learned that life is really short. No, really. It really is short. And um, we are not promised tomorrow. We really are not promised tomorrow. And I learned that um, justice is circumstantial, discretionary. Um, It is a matter of public opinion. Um, And it's not supposed to be any of those things by definition, Um, It is, you know, supposed to be something that's absolute by definition, but it's not um, in my learnings and experiences and and encounters um, and things that I've witnessed. So I'm going to talk a little bit about those things. Um, So, you know, I have scripture, right? I definitely have scripture to back up um, or support or reinforce the things that I'm saying. Because obedience is better than sacrifice is actually a scripture. It is the word of God, right? Because everything goes back to the word of God. That is the foundation, so let's look at that. It's in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 15, and hmm, I think I'm 
going to start at... Um, I'm going to start at... I want to give you guys a little background so I could just go straight to the scripture which is just um, 1 Samuel 15 22 but I want to give you a little background okay so 1 Samuel is the Old Testament and um, it's a story here and for those of us who are familiar with Samuel then you'll you'll know more what I'm talking about but for those of us that you know aren't then I want you to understand so um what's happening is the Lord is rejecting Saul um and he's talking to Samuel right and so he's the Lord I'm starting at 10 okay first Samuel 15 10 then the Lord said to Samuel I am sorry that I ever made Saul king for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then what is all the bleeding of sheep and goats in the lowing of cattle I hear? Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked. And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gigal. And here's 22 guys. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? I'm going to say that again, because this is the part that we need to hear. What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad. I gave you guys a little background because I want you to understand and to put everything into perspective as to why obedience is better than sacrifice and how we can so easily think that, you know, 
what we're doing is fine. You know, we're doing this, a little bit of this, we're doing a little bit of that, and we're giving up so much, you know, of our time, of our money, of our um, abilities, you know, and we're like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Okay, it's not that it's wrong, but is it what you were told to do? See, as far as God is concerned, he doesn't even want an offering from you if you are not doing what it is that he told you to do. Because what is your motive? Where is your heart towards him? Yeah, you your your mind was towards him. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to um, bring this offering and it's the best cattle and the gold and all of this stuff so your mind was towards him but why what was the motive was it because you knew that you had not followed his um directions completely and you figured you would win him over by bringing this sacrifice or were you truly truly moving um in accordance to God so it's very likely that our motives are not really in place. It's either about ourselves when we are um, making these sacrifices. Um, because, see, here's the thing. To be honest, yes, faith without works is dead. And, you know, a man that, don't, that doesn't work don't eat, right? And so there is work to do. And a lot of times we will find ourselves making sacrifices, um, giving up one thing for the more desirable thing, right? And that's okay. Like a sacrifice of praise. Um, You hear reference in the Bible as well. But I'll tell you this, when God gives us direction, he gives us instruction, there will be little sacrifices that we will have to make on that journey following the path that he has laid before us because everything that he sets us up to do and instructs us to do is purposeful. And so each and every um, step that we take that is ordered by him, it's for a purpose. And so when we decide not to carry it out, then we don't fulfill his purpose and we don't please him because that's why he created us. He created us just to love us and he created us that we may be in relationship with him and so that we can please him. And it's that kind of relationship. He pleases us, we please him. And that's why Samuel said, what's more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? It is far more pleasing to the Lord for us to obey him. Obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Obedience and submission go hand in hand. And you may have heard me say this before in um, a previous podcast that we are only as covered by the Lord, his grace, his protection, his power, his mercy, We're only as covered as we are submitted to him. 
And how submitted are you to anyone that you don't obey? So submission, being obedient is a part of being submitted. And so that is why obedience is far better than sacrifice. And pleasing the Lord is a, is, a, is in a place that you want to be. That's a place that you want to be. Because blessings follow obedience. And so this is this is some more um bible and i know my bible scholars already know where i'm going with it but you don't even have to be a bible scholar to know if blessings follow obedience then what do you think follows disobedience the opposite of blessings you got it curses okay so we want to be on the side of blessings we want to be on the side of pleasing the Lord. We want to be on the side of moving with purpose and we want to be on the side of doing things with the right motive. I promise you, I promise you, you'll have a much, much greater reward. You'll have much greater results. Um, and listen, sacrifice is important and sacrifice has to happen. But it should never take precedence over obedience, okay? So that's what I want us to take away from that. All right, again, that was 1 Samuel um, 15, and we read 10 through 22. Read, um, just read that in your time. Um, because I tell you, it's a good, good, good story. Saul ultimately pleads for forgiveness because... He sees the error in his ways, okay? All right, but this is not Bible study right now, but please read that on your own. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's what I really wanted you guys to take away. All right, and then I realized um, during, gosh, I think I've been going for a couple of months um, or at least six weeks, that life is really short. I know that that is something that you've heard. We have all heard it over and over and over again for I don't know how long, most of our lives, or you're not promised tomorrow. But I have a a, a realization of that, um, a harsh realization of it recently over the past month um, that that's really true. Um, Before I talk about my personal experience let's go to the scripture of course um and let's look at psalms we'll look at psalms 90 psalms 90 and um We'll start at verse 10. 70 years are given to us. Some even live to 80. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. 70 years are given to us. Some even live to 80. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. 
that's the NLT for my listeners. You guys know I like um, the New Living Translation best. Sometimes I go to other translations just um, because I may like the way that they expound on it. Um, But I usually work with the New Living Translation. Um, But the Amplified for Psalms 90 is good too. The days of our life are 70 years, or even if because of strength, 80 years. Yet their pride in additional years is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon gone and we fly away. Now, what is that saying? I want you to understand that we are promised 70 years. We're promised 70 years. And by way of strength, meaning if we're in the best shape of our lives, if we are healthy, you know, we don't have any medical conditions, um, high blood pressure, you know, high cholesterol, diabetes, um, stroke or um, obesity. I mean, we're just in good shape. Then 80. And then... In those 70 and in maybe 80 years, the word is telling us, and some of us right now where we are in our lives may know that this is true, that the best years, you know, meaning the majority of those years could be filled with pain and trouble. So when we think about that and we know that this is a median, right? This is an average lifespan um, because it's what we were promised. Because, of course, we know people live past 80, right? We have people even in our family that are 92 and 96, and God bless them. And, you know, I seen the other day a woman was 110 years old, um, I want to say out of Florida. Um, so we know that there are those that live beyond 80. But the greater the years, the greater the amount of time that we will potentially deal with pain and trouble as well. And then even that, even 92 years, even 100 years, Soon they disappear and we fly away. And if you think about where you are right now, I don't know the ages of all my listeners, but I can speak for myself to say that if you're in your 30s, if you're if you're in your anywhere between your 30s and your 50s, you, we, me, have already pretty much lived out half or more than half of our lives already. And how many of us that have lived close to half of our lives already or more than half of our lives already can really say that we have lived a fulfilled life, that we have done all the things that we've desired to do. We have done all the things that we know that we were called to do. We have gone all the places that we desire to go. We have, um, you know, we have said all the things to all the people that we wanted to say things to. 
we've seen the things that we wanted to see, you know, and, and, and not even just for ourselves, for our families, because when you live for a certain amount of time, then your family expands, right? You have children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. How many of us can say that right now? Because if we've already, if we've already exceeded half of our lives, then and remember the best years. And when and, and when the when the word talks about the best years, we're talking about the majority. And we're talking about that time when we have the ability to do those things that I was just talking about. Because you got to think about it. If we live to 110, right? That's 20 something, 20, 30 years after 80. But how much after 80 are we really going to be able to fulfill? And this is not a doom or gloom message. I'm saying this to say that we have to understand how short life really is and and, and understand it in a space that it motivates us and causes us to live differently, Causes causes us to live on purpose, causes us to be more intentional about our relationships, about our um, our health, about our responsibilities. That's all I want this to do. I don't want us to start thinking about, oh goodness, I can't believe it, I'm about to die. But for me, it was an eye-opener and I was like, wow, I can't necessarily say that I have more years, you know, ahead of me than I do behind me. I may have more years behind me than I do ahead of me, right? If you think about it, I believe that I'm, God is going to bless me and I'll, I'll live at least 80 years. Well, okay. I got some work to do. That's all I'm saying. But so I want I want I want my listeners, I want you guys to think about it. Um and I want you to understand that tomorrow's not promised. So when we when we realize that life is not short and we got some things to do, I I, I don't want us to delay. You can't delay. Because tomorrow's not promised. I don't know if some of you remember the song that the whiners did called Tomorrow. And um, I'm not going to sing it for you. You don't want me to do that. But the gist of the song was um, tomorrow, I'll give my life tomorrow. You know, um, you know, I thought about today. But it's easier to say tomorrow, right? And the song is encouraging us to, no, 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 no. We better choose the Lord today. We better do it while today is today because tomorrow very well might be too late. 
And that's a fact because you're not promised tomorrow. So don't put things off. Don't, 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 don't take for granted. Don't take for granted that, oh, goodness, oh, I've been thinking about my mom. I've been thinking about my dad. I've been thinking about my cousin or whoever it is. Oh, you know what? I'll call them tomorrow. Even something as little as a phone call. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Because we're not promised tomorrow. Um, let's go to one of my favorite books in the Bible, James 4, 13 through 14. Let's see. I say... All right, James 4, 13 through 14. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. 14, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while then it's gone. Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. Hmm. We cannot be so sure that tomorrow is going to come. Yes, we can have plans, but we have to live day by day And to walk those plans out. But the thing is this. Where did you get your plan from? Is it God's plan? Remember, we have, remember back to obedience. Back to doing what he has told us to do. Being in his will. So... We don't know. We really don't know to say. But what we do know is that we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So we need to fulfill some things and live on purpose. Because to say that this is going to happen for this year and I make a profit and I'm going to whatever, live day by day. Live day by day because that takes time and you're not promised tomorrow. So that might be the ultimate goal, but you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So don't bank on that, if that makes sense. Don't bank on that. Live on purpose every day. Live and in and, and work and and, and and be intentional and be purposeful as if you need to fulfill that thing that God told you to do, that goal, that, that vision that he gave you, that you put out on that vision board that you mapped out. Live like you have to fulfill it by tomorrow or it won't get done. 
there have been some real life things um, in my life. I've had death really close to home. On June 1st, I celebrated the death of a friend, a one-year anniversary of a friend of mine's husband on June 1st. We memorialized him and had, you know, there were plans to celebrate his life, of course, um, marking the one-year anniversary of his death. That man was in his 40s when he died last year, June 1st. On that same morning, that um, June 1st, 2019, another friend's husband passed away. Now, his death anniversary will be June 1st, 2019. And the other friend's husband's anniversary is, death anniversary is June 1st, 2018. He also in his 40s. So, I was stuck on that day. So, wake up that day and know that, yes, that afternoon we were going to memorialize. Mind you, this is two weeks after I had already attended and I had did the opening scripture at a memorial for um another young man who wasn't even who was in his 20s that um I knew and worked with that passed away um passed away 2 years ago and then 2 weeks later we had the plans for the June 1st And um, woke up that morning, knew that that's what I was doing that afternoon. And then at 1030 that morning, found out that my friend's husband had passed away. So when death hits so close to home um, and just just smacks you in your face and it's just ever present. And, um, you know, these were not you know, um, violent deaths or anything like that. They were tragic, none the least. They were unexpected. Um, and these were young people. These were fathers, husbands, you know, brothers, uncles, and in men, in, um, in the lives of many and in the community. And, um, and they're not here with us anymore. And then those of you, um, something more real to everyone listening, the Virginia Beach mass shooting. I know it's not the first mass shooting. I know it's not the first workplace shooting. There's been multiple mass shootings in schools and churches and events and everything. And I don't know what it was about this one. I don't know if it was just the combination of all the other death that was around me and, 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 and death that I was reminded of and just, just, just everything and and being reminded of how short life really is and not being promised tomorrow. But I thought about that and I said, those people 
they got up that morning and they went to work. And they did not plan on not coming home. They went to work and they planned on coming home. Because that's what we do every day. There's nothing in our minds that says we might not come home today. We go to work, we take our lunch, we go, we do our jobs, we eat lunch, we kiki, and we have plans for the evening. Whether it's to go home and cook dinner and be with our spouse, to be with our children, or whether we're single, to watch a movie, to whatever. Oh, I'm going to take a shower, I might wash a load of clothes, oh, I'm going to wash my hair. We have these plans because we do not plan on not coming home from work. But those 12 people, they went to work and they they had plans for the evening. I read a story of one of the, the husband of one of the victims, he, who is now a single father. He's a single father of a 20-month-old boy. His son is born, was born two years and a day after my son um so the story was breaking my heart and he was just talking about how he has to learn you know how to be a single father just because of the way their life was set up and the dynamic of it you know his wife you know cared for the baby and did all of those parts and you know, he he shared in the, the housework and stuff like that. And, you know, they both worked outside the home. And just, it was just, I mean, just reading the story. And it's like how people's lives change in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. You know, it's it's not just... Oh, losing someone, you know, it's not just that. And it's not even the people that survived. Their lives have changed forever. But more importantly, they went to work and they intended on coming home. And that's what I wanted to take away from that. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not even promised later today. When God woke us up this morning, yes, we ought to thank God for waking us up this morning. Thank him for waking us up with breath in our body, full activity of our limbs and our right mind. Thank him. Give him glory for that. I recommend it. I do it every day. I thank him that I have a job to go to. But as I continue my prayer, I ask him to keep me throughout the day and not just me I pray for others as well this same prayer that he protects us throughout the day whatever comes in our workplaces wherever we dwell wherever our feet shall dwell our workplaces the schools the daycares the supermarket the grocery store church the library the nail salon the because guess what evil is ever present And so I pray for his protection that nothing by any means shall harm us in the name of Jesus because just waking up is not enough. 
I want my full, I want to be kept throughout the day. And I want, and I want to lay down and go to sleep and ask him to, to wake me up in the morning. And then I do it all over again for the protection throughout the day, because I want to come home. I plan on coming home every day, but I also know that it's not promised. So consider that guys. I'm with one more, my one more thing. Um, and then I will let you guys go. Um, justice. This one, I'm going to try my best to be short, but this is not something that is brand spanking new to me, but I do just want to share. Um, um, okay. So by definition, I'm just gonna look at some definitions of justice that you know, the quality or fact of being just, um, ethics, the principle of fairness that like cases should be treated alike, a particular distribution of benefits and burdens fairly in accordance with a particular conception of what are to count as like cases, the principle that punishment should be proportionate to the offense. Hmm. The administration of law according to prescribed and accepted principles. Conformity to the law. Legal validity. Hmm. Justice. The principle that punishment should be proportionate to the offense. The principle of fairness that like cases should be treated alike. Okay. All right, guys. So here's my here's my here's my rant. Um, there's so many cases of injustice in the world. I'm not gonna go through all of them. You guys watch the news. You read the headlines. You know what's going on. Um, what has recently kind of got my gall, um, for lack of a better term, I am based out of Richmond, Virginia, um, and. So I can't remember when this was. It, it was a few months back. There was a dog by the name of Tommy who was tied to a fence and set on fire. And, you know, which I think is awful. And it was, it just, just was brutal and I felt horrible that this had happened to this dog. And so when I tell you there was an outpouring, um, an outpouring of the public and, and, and people from near and far that were praying and rooting for and, you know, because he was hospitalized, of course, and, you know, he he was suffering from the injuries that he sustained and, when I tell you, there were communities that rallied, um, you know, together um, for him, for Tommy. And they wanted to find the person that did this to him. Unfortunately, Tommy's 
um, did not make it. Tommy passed away. There were GoFund, GoFundMe accounts. There were there was charities and monies raised for you know all of his um, treatment and surgeries and in 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 home goings and there were plaques and community events. Okay, for the dog, Tommy. Um, I may have some true, true, true animal lovers that are listening and please don't, don't stop listening or unsubscribe or anything like that because I, um, I'm a lover of life and so I don't, and and I'm against cruelty. Um, and so... That was heinous. Here is my issue. Everything that I talked about, the outpouring, the rallying of communities, the support, the um, coming together, the that doesn't happen in the same capacity when human life is taken from us or harmed in a manner it just it doesn't happen and the bottom line is this we are in error it is out of order to regard an animal's life over a human life period it just is of course we're going to go to scripture and from the very beginning um you know, we see we see what God's original intention was in the order in which he created um, creation and why we cannot hold an animal's life in higher regard than a human's life. But before I go there to the scripture, so that happened to Tommy and, um, you know, Like I said, they were looking for the person who did it. So a few weeks ago, this toddler, a, I don't know if she was two yet. I can't remember. She might've been 18 months or two year old toddler died from injuries sustained from sexual abuse. that happened to her while she was in the care of someone that her mother left her in the care of at a hotel, a motel, I'm sorry, at a motel in Richmond City. He abused her. He sexually abused her. And she died from the injuries that she sustained from the sexual abuse. According to the reports, the mother knew this person. This person was like a friend of the family. I, and unless I miss this, I do not recall a, you know, a capturing 
of of this person. I do not recall him being brought to justice. I do not recall, you know, anything of that. I do not recall the outpouring of, you know, from the community near and far. Yes, there was um one gathering for the little girl at a local park and balloons were released and things of that nature. Um, that was that. Um, I, I just, you know, and, and, and here we are. That was a few weeks ago. I haven't heard anything else about it. Tommy was months, months, months ago. So at the same time, <laughs> they recently found the person who actually set Tommy on fire. That made the news. That washed out every other headline that was going on. Like once they found him, I didn't even hear about the little girl anymore. And maybe that's why if for whatever reason that person was brought to justice, I missed it because they found Tommy's murderer. They found Tommy's, um, the person who set Tommy on fire. And so now they are bringing him to justice and everyone needs to know about this. And that's all I heard about. And I'm just like, what world do we live in that it is more pressing and that a dog, the animal's life is more precious than a human's life, than a toddler child's life that had to endure sexual abuse and die from the injuries from a grown man And when we are more um, just enthralled by the capture of the man who set the dog on fire, that it overshadows um, the, you know, punishment or the law being brought to the person who took a human life um so many things that just really got under my skin and then recently you know um I think right now it's the most popular watched um show on Netflix when they see us um the short bit of that I grew up I was growing up in New York when the Central Park jogger case happened. I was really young, though. Um, I was really young, but excuse me, I um I remember, and so watching that kind of brought back a lot of memories for me, but not only memories, it was so difficult to watch what happened to those young boys and and, and how powerless they were and how powerless their parents were and anybody was in just what they suffered at the hands of the law. 
what they suffered at the hands of our legal system and what they had to endure at the hands of our justice system. It doesn't even sound right calling it a justice system based upon the definitions that I just read. And so, because where's the principle of fairness? Where's the principle that punishment should be proportionate to the offense? I don't even, where's the punishment? So, I'm a, uh, Tommy's, the man that burned Tommy, he's facing felony charges. So, what those young boys suffered, they are adults now. So, watching the movie, and then Oprah did a show for When They See Us Now with them. They, listen, they are still, some of them are still suffering. It did not end when they finally got out of prison. After six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen and a half years, it did not end when, oh, the after how long it took the city to finally settle them, pay them out some restitution, and they got that money. It didn't end for them then. They never. There are things that that happened to them that should have never happened to them that they can't ever get back that they can't ever undo they can't ever unsee huh okay so then let me just share this this is why I intend to go back to school and get my law degree I'm very passionate and, you know, about about law, about justice, about um, advocating. And um, that's just something that, you know, I believe God is calling me to do. And because I know that life is short, I am beginning to work the plan that he has given me to make that happen. Because I know that I'm not promised tomorrow. Um so, guys, we can't, we cannot regard an animal's life higher than a human life. We cannot, we cannot treat people unfairly and we cannot use our law or our authority or our titles to misuse and abuse people. Let's go to the scripture. Let's go. See, in the beginning, God made it perfectly clear the order in which things need to happen in, in the order in which he did things. And he, um, for me, it was clear um, in Genesis, which is in the beginning, Genesis 1. Okay, let's talk about the animals first. Because he did create them first, okay? He created the animals first. So in 24, 
Then God said, this is Genesis 1, 24. Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And this is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Boom. He created animals. That would be, um, you know, dogs would be in that category. Because in like 20, he created like birds and fish and stuff like that, right? Um, and all of that till 23. But in 24, dogs would be inside of that animal, the small animals and stuff like that. Okay. But 26, 26, he talks about the next thing that he creates. And and he talks about the animals too. Let's see what he says. 26, then God said, let us make human beings in our image. And when he's talking about our image, he means his and his son's image, Jesus, to be like us. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Yes, you were created in the image of God and his son, Jesus. And you created in the image to be like them. Gets better. They will reign over the fish. They, meaning the human beings that he created in his image, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. They will reign over. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea. The birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Okay? And it goes on. It goes on. And he keeps talking about how the fact that he said for us. That he gave us this earth. And that we have dominion. Some translations say dominion. So here's the thing. When God created us, he gave us dominion and told us to reign over animals. So therefore, it is out of order. It is completely out of order to give more regard to the life of an animal over a human being in any shape or form or fashion, period. Okay? And again... Doesn't mean you cannot love your animals. Does not mean you cannot love your pets. But understand that you have reign over them. They are your pets. And it should never be more important to you than your child, your spouse. I know some of us have animals and they are near and dear to us and we we are estranged from some of our family and things of that nature. And we may feel like We're closer to our dog or our dog is, you know, truly our best friend. And guess what? We can feel like that, but that is not God's 
intention. Those relationships that we have with those family members that are estranged, that are, you know, broken. God intends for us to be reconciled to one another. An animal should never take the place of a family member in our lives. Okay. And I know that they they can be helpful. They can be for companionship and things of that nature, but they should never take the place. Okay. I'm going to leave you guys with Mark 13. I think it kind of does well to sum everything up. Um, I think it does well to do that. And let's see. Hmm. Mark 13. And I think I am going to start at 28. I think I'm going to start at 28. And this is Jesus talking. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that his return is very near right at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. So what I'm getting at, guys, is remember obedience. Life is short and um, justice. Being just is important in regard your life and human life. And if we need to, we have to repent. We have to forgive. We have to ask for forgiveness. And we have to accept Jesus into our hearts and accept his free gift of salvation so that we can live the purpose-driven life that he has called us to live. Um, That's the bottom line, guys. And that's all I got. Guys, please follow the Instagram page, goodstuff underscore period, P-E-R-I-O-D-T. DM me and say, hey, let's talk about this. I read this in the Bible. What do you have to say about this? Um, And just share any comments or feedback. I love to hear from you guys. Until then, love and light. And next time, stay in the principal's office. Take care.